Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and I am falling deeper into my beer snobbery. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. And I am the Champ, and I noticed that my team is best managed when I'm on vacation. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. What, what, what do you mean? Like you, you, you do a better job? You're more relaxed? Uh, I, I, over the last couple of years, since retirement... I've had way too much time at looking at stats, listening to podcasts, overanalyzing things when I should just make my retention picks and, and be on with, uh, get on with it. Um, the weeks I was on vacation, I finished second both weeks. This week, back from vacation, finished last. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right? Right? Okay. So. What up with you, beer snob? Yeah, well, I, 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 I try to not, we'll talk about it later, but I had another stout. I had that pumpkin nail that you told me about. And, um, yeah, I, I remember I texted you, you know, the four that I had in the fight. Um, I liked three of the four, um, but I, I, I think I texted you, you're going to be my new life coach now. I'm just, <laughs> well, I'm, I can't wait to hear about it when we get to that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm falling deeper into it. Okay, nice. so we have a uh, we have a couple guests on. Uh, I I guess being a guest early is not good at the end of the year, but that's okay. Um, so we our our first guest is Sam Kirk, owner of the Rebel Alliance. Sam, you're still with us, correct? Yes, I am. All right, how's school going? Not too bad. I mean, three and zero here. Uh... We were just ranked, I think, 15th as of yesterday, so all is well here right now. Hey, just a quick note. I asked you how school was going, not <laughs> but that's okay. I, I understand that. Uh, are you in your last year or you're a junior? I'm a junior. You're a junior, okay. So this is that year where you're like, uh, I just got to get through this year before I, I finish up. Yeah, this is all. I, I found this to be the toughest year for me, but – yeah, whatever. Um, okay, let's talk about your team a little bit. Uh, you, you you had some injuries, and uh, you know, with with um, Chris Bryant and I, I, you know Walker Bueller. Um, what, what what would you say went right and what went wrong with with this year? I mean, I think you kind of um, hit on it, honestly, but. Um, I think I did a decent job actually kind of with my, like, I would say like second level players. Like I think I have a pretty good second tier of players that like, I like I could have relied on if those players like the Beelers, the Kershaw, the Chris Bryant stayed healthy. But I mean, Bryant all year long is just dealt with issue after issue. And it just hasn't really seemed to end. And, I don't know. I felt like coming into the year, he had a chance to kind of just have a non-pressure-like year where his team wasn't going to you know, really win a lot of games and he was just going to get a lot of bats and hopefully hit for a decent... Like He's hitting 306 right now, but he's just not playing any games. Like He's got 14 RBIs, but I'm paying like... I don't even know how much I paid for him, but... 250. 250? Yeah. Like, and that's a steal at draft day when you think about when you're getting Chris Bryant for 250. I mean, if he's just playing games, it's just a lot better. And then, I don't know, I think even guys like Jorge Soler that have been injured like that have just killed me too. Like, 
don't know. I just haven't had many breaks during this year. And even guys like Strasburg, Strasburg has not, like, come back. Like, he, he's pitched a little bit here and there, but like, that, that kind of killed me too as well. So, I don't know. I just – there wasn't a lot of consistency. And I think some of these guys on my team, like the Cabrian Hayes, complete disappointment, Kettle Marte, a terrible year. Like, it, I don't know. It was just a very, like – it was a weird year, it really was. Yeah, I I I understand about your, uh, you know, your peripheral players there, like Wilmer Flores for a dollar, and you, and you get nineteen homers and sixty seven ribs. That's that's a nice little addition if you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian Hayes with the seventeen steals, which is a lot <laughs> these days. Um, and then I I thought that you know, and and Jamie and I had talked about it over the over the summer is that Keegan Thompson, who's on the IL now, but it was a great, great pickup uh, for you who pitched really well. And then, of course, you, you run into Devin Williams because Hader gets traded, and, and that's a nice pickup as, as well. But, yeah, um, th- those those uh, those injuries hurt. Hey, I, I just had a question about Josiah Gray. Now, I don't follow him probably like you do, but it seems like he's running into a wall here. The, the last the second half of the season is that what's is that what's caught is that what's happening with his ERA and his WHIP and yeah I would honestly say that like I, I just don't think he can really like just improve those two numbers like he's he he'll be a guy that can get me a decent amount of strikeouts and an occasional win but he give up he gives up runs like every every outing I mean it's not really it, he's just very consistent with the maybe five innings four runs you know he. I, I don't know. It's just very back and forth, up and down with him. And, and I always thought of him as somebody that was going to come over from Washington in that trade and just, you know, kind of develop and just become better and better and almost, you know, become one of their pitchers that they relied on. And they, they were they gave up a lot just to kind of get him. And I think he probably came in a package. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought he would, you know, perform a little bit better coming from that Dodgers organization and showing a lot of promise there and. Then now, kind of showing Washington's just upsetting to see. Yeah, and it's tough to pitch on a losing team, but I I, I think he's probably a good pitcher though. I, I think he's someone to definitely keep an eye on. Um, yeah, look, looking ahead, what would you say uh, a strategy for twenty twenty three is? You know, I think I definitely have to focus more on guys that have proved that they can stay healthy throughout the year, and I I mean obviously. I can say that I could blame injuries on this year, but when you look at my team and look at the top, you know, four to five guys that I've drafted, it, a lot of those guys do have pretty bad injury histories. Like Kershaw, Walker, Bueller does have an injury history. Like, I don't know. It, for me, it was like taking a risk on those guys was helping me because uh, in a way I was saving a lot of money during the draft. And I thought, Hey, I'm getting guys like, I'm getting Kershaw for a little bit cheaper than he usually is. I'm getting Chris Bryant for a little ch- cheaper than he usually is. And that was my strategy, saving a little bit of money, being able to, you know, maybe take a, like, little lower of a tier player with, um, and just get, like, more of them. And that kind of was my strategy. And I thought I did a decent job of the draft, but I, these, they just haven't held up throughout the year. It's been a long year. Yeah. Um, I, and and looking at a retention, I mean, maybe Devin Williams is a guy that you kind of ran into with, with that now there's an opening, clear opening to the closer role, and you got him for eighty five cents, and maybe you keep him for a buck. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. 
And then the other guy I thought I wanted to ask about was Christian Yelich. Uh, kind of a weird year for him. I mean, he, he hit 262. He only has 53 ribs, but he has 93 runs scored and 16 stolen bases, which is kind of strange for a guy that was hitting 30 homers a year for quite a long time. Yeah, no, it, I totally agree. I mean, it, it'll be, I don't know. I think you made a good point on just basically having a, uh, make, trying to keep guys, um, trying to keep an eye on guys that I could potentially keep. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, Yelich was one of those guys that I really just thought had a high ceiling coming into the year. And I think it, if my team were to have stayed a little bit healthier, he probably would have been a nice, nice role kind player. of counterpiece. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, and who do you think is going to win this thing? I honestly think the Lakers are going to nab it. I really do. Okay. I think they – I don't know. I think Josh has had, like, a very great year. Um, But I just think when you're looking at Rick's team, I think he's been just a little more consistent. Um, It's pretty bunched up, too, right now. I mean, I think, obviously, it's a pretty much a three-team race. Um. My dad's kind of getting bailed out with what Pujols is doing for him right now. Um, I'm sure no one really expected that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I kind of hope it's the Lakers to win. I always, okay. I always right. respect Rick for how he drafts and the research he brings. All right, Jamie, what do you got? Hey, Sam, thanks for uh, jumping on today from, from Penn State. We know you have a caseload of work, so um, I'll make this uh, fairly quick. Just wanted to talk about uh, your team's in-season management. Um, it looks like, as, as, as Roger had, had mentioned, Keegan Thompson was one of your better pickups in, in FAB, uh, as was uh, Alexis Diaz. Um, just wanted to talk about your FAB strategy, because I noticed – that um, you still have $9 left. You, you drafted 18, 18 players. And tell, tell me about Fab and what your, uh, um, what your strategy was during the season. You know, I think both those guys were, like, kind of just represented a strategy that I was, like, kind of trying to go for where, you know, they're both in similar situations where they're not going to be a fantasy star and kind of save my team. But I think both of those pieces are um, pretty uh, important to the future of their teams. I mean, I really like what Diaz did, and I think he's going to be a future closer. Um, I don't know if it runs in the family or not, but he really <laughs> can throw hard, and I think he's going to have a chance to be at least a setup or closer for Cincinnati. I really liked what he kind of did, and I, I was happy with being able to get him. And Keen Thompson, too. I mean, he proved a lot during the year. I mean, him getting injured recently didn't help at all, but yeah. He pitched a lot of big innings for the Cubs and was able to just fight through. And, you know, he didn't give up a lot of runs. So sometimes that's the most important thing. You know, you might not be getting eight innings out of the kid, but when you're getting five innings, one run ball, and you have a chance to win, I mean, that, that sometimes is more important. Sure, sure. And uh, a last piece to in-season management. Um, notice that you didn't make any trades during uh, during the season. Was that because nothing came to um, – fruition or that you just weren't interested in trading? No, I was definitely interested in trading and I, I just didn't want to give something away because obviously the people that were going to be trying to trade with me were in that top three and I wasn't trying to, you know, trade something where I was giving somebody a real, you know, real, real chance to just start pulling away. Yeah. And I think 
Oh, there's a lot of players on my team, and I think we mentioned a lot of them that like you would pretty much target. But um, I just didn't feel like I was getting enough back throughout a lot of the offers I was getting. And me and Casey went back and forth a few times with some offers, but it, it, I don't know. I just didn't really see the value I was getting back to someone that was giving up. And I would basically be having to give up like a Freddie Freeman type, and I'd be probably getting maybe two guys that were kind of on the fringe of keeping next year. Like, I, I just didn't see that as something that'd be completely worth it at that point in time before the deadline. So, I don't know. It it was definitely a tough decision not to make any trades, but I didn't sure. want to change the total landscape of the league and make a trade that was more just pointing me towards the future and having somebody get a player like Freddie Freeman that could really just, you know, win them the league. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's really all for me. Um, I guess the next time we'll see you is probably at the draft because you're busy up there at Penn State. Um, enjoy your junior um, junior year. Um, Raj, do you have anything else for, for Sam? No, uh, we appreciate you coming on, Sam. Yeah, of course. Great talking to you guys. Thanks, Sam. All right, see you. Yep. See you. Okay, that was good. Uh, yeah, he, he, his, his key players just couldn't stay healthy, and that's, that's, a, that's a bad recipe. And, and, and I think that's what you'll see when, when you're in the bottom half is that you, you probably fight a whole bunch of different things, you know, strategies, um, assumptions on players midseason, and, and then, of course, the curse of all curses, which is, which is injuries. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next guest, the owner of the Bulls, Bob Freeze. You still with us? Yes, I am. Okay, so we have a couple topics to talk with you because at the end we're going to talk, <laughs> talk about these uh, monkey point articles uh, that that you push out once a month, and we appreciate it. Just so we we can uh, glean inside your head as to where we're standing with our behavior. So that's always good. Um, okay, so uh, looking at your team, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing with with Sam. Um, what do you think went right? What do you think went wrong? Um, well, I'm second to the last, so not a whole lot went right. <laughs> um, I did, uh, I probably, my biggest mistake was probably panicking too soon. I, uh, got a little worried about my team being so bad in the very beginning that, uh, I started trading probably too early. Um, but, uh, the guys that I traded, I got some decent prospects out of them. So it wasn't all bad, but, uh, I probably should have waited a little longer to see what was going to happen with my guys. But, uh, they all started out really slow. And, uh, like I said, I panicked. So, um, I traded some guys, some key guys away and, um, Probably would have done a little bit better if I'd have held on to them. So um, a, a couple a couple notes that I that I see that um, I wanted to ask you about. Number one is this guy Trent Grisham, who I I I've, I've, I think he's a good player, but what the heck is with this guy? Like he, maybe he's not good. <laughs> like, obviously he's not that good. He's he's still hitting under two hundred for the year. His, his counting stats aren't that bad. He's got 17 homers and 50s on each end of the runs and RBIs. But like you follow more than I do, is is, is he a little frust- frustrating to deal with, to have on your team? Yes, he is. Very frustrating, <laughs> especially for a dollar ninety, like I spent on him. But uh, he just um, he got so hot and so cold, 
but the cold seemed to be worse than the hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was times where he wouldn't play for like a week. And it was like, what, what's going on with this guy? So he didn't have a whole lot of a batch for this year. And what he had, he either hit a home run or he struck out. So it was like, okay, it was uh, hot and so hot and cold with him. It just drove me nuts all year. Yeah, I feel like when you when you watch him, he he should be a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> he looks like a good ball player, yeah, but he uh, does. He... Yeah, yeah. Um, and on the pitching side, I, I, you're you know looking at your ERAs, it's it's not too bad. It's it's actually pretty good. I mean, Wainwright, you you you, you milked another year out of Wainwright. Um, you had a good year. <laughs> uh, Darvish is having an awesome year. And then you you, yes. know, you traded for Merle Kelly, who's still hanging tough. I mean, his whip is outstanding with as a one one one, and he's got twelve wins, one hundred fifty five Ks on a you know fairly bad team. Um, I, I guess you got to be pleased with with hanging on to Wainwright and trading for Merle Kelly. Yes, I am happy with uh, with uh, Merle Kelly trade. Um, I traded away um, two pretty good pitchers earlier in the year. So uh, getting Merle Kelly back was kind of a key to my last trade. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead to 23, what, what, you, have a, you start to have a framework of a strategy? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I have a pretty good uh, retention class that I, that I can hold on to so I can start out with a little bit more money than I did this past year. Um, but uh, I think um, probably what I did wrong this year in the draft was I spent too much time worrying about the monkey points than I did of watching <laughs> of watching uh, what players were gone and what players were uh, left to, to choose from. And I think I spent a little bit too much money on players just because I need to fill the position. So okay. hopefully this yeah. year it's a different strategy. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. I mean, dollar ninety for Grisham. I, I don't know when he came up in the draft. And you're right. If you're like, all right, I need a bunch of outfielders. I got to start overpaying for someone. I mean, that happens right. sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then looking ahead, who do you think's going to win this thing? Oh, brother. Um, I guess I have to pick Josh. You have to because. Yeah, because he's got half my team on his team. So, <laughs> um, so hopefully, I would. Uh, I would like to see Rick win it, but um, I don't know if he's got enough power to overtake Josh or not. They, they're all three of them are going back and forth and back and forth, and you know the Sewer Hawks are going to be there till the end. So. Um, I guess my get my hope is that Josh gets it. I mean, my hope my Rick gets it, but I think Josh is going to. Okay, all right, good enough. All right, Jamie. Before we get into the the articles, what what, what do you got for Bob and his team? Well, just on the the, the articles itself, um, Bob, um, just wanted to ask you for journalistic immunity in anything that we ask you so we don't get any monkey points because I think <laughs> we, we have more exposure than, yeah. than everybody else. So yeah, I, I heard you want to use some sort of formula uh, on that. Um, <laughs> talking about in-season in management, uh, let's start with trades first. I think you made the most trade. You had four trades, uh, two with the dudes, one with the roosters, one with the Lakers. And 
I, I think your analysis was, was, was right on target because your first trade, trading Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon, was on June the 6th. And, and it's so tough, right? Because w- when you're behind, everything gets magnified at the beginning of the season. And when you fall behind early, it's just the, the natural inclination is to panic and, you know, try and, and catch up. Um, do you think you'll have the, the wherewithal next year to kind of wait that out? Should you get off to a slow start? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Because actually I watched the sewer folks this year were down there in the cellar with me. And uh, all of a sudden they're on the top because they didn't make the stupid trades. Um, they kept what they had and hoped what, what they had picked up in the draft and everything. And, Fab was uh, what they needed to get through the league, so um, he, that uh, that inspired me actually because I think, uh, like I said, I traded too early. I uh, should have waited my guys out and seen what I could have gotten from there. Um, of the players you traded for, um, who are you thinking about keeping? Um, I'm, I'm guessing Merrill Kelly is, is probably one of them. Um, what about uh, Libertor? that you got in the uh, Web Rodon deal. Um, any thoughts on retention? Um, I think Merle Kelly's probably my number one. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know about Libertor. Um, I had him a couple years ago and then left him go, and then he's back again and he's down again. <laughs> um, it, yeah, that's that one's going to be tough. Um Killian, I'm not sure if he's going to make it or not, but he might be one that I'm thinking about keeping from my trades. And uh, Nick Gonzalez, he's another one. All right. I, I can probably keep him for uh, or, uh, Oyster next year. So. Okay. And, and then the last piece of uh, and the last question I had uh, talk about in-season management is is fab. And um, you were kind of the opposite of, of Sam, where Sam had 18 fab roster moves. I think you set a Bush League record. You're currently sitting at 43 um, roster moves. And that's against the backdrop of, of the first two fab periods. Um, I think you spent $38 in the first four picks uh, of, of fab meaning that the rest of it was a dollar and two dollars. Tell me about right. your strategy. Are, are you just a, an anxious person? Because I know in the rep league, you're constantly moving players. Um, what goes on with you? Uh, yeah, I get, uh, I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> I get bored, you know, holding on to the same guys and watching them not do anything. And, and <laughs> so I get, I get guys that, uh, you know, I think, well, this guy could have a possibility or this guy's, playing pretty much he might get some more uh at bats and get some more hits for me and so yeah i play around all the time with i every day i look at my roster and every day i look at who's available well you know that from the republic league i i constantly look to change things over trying to improve my team and so far it's working pretty good with the republic league yeah you're 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 gaining (laughs) but i'm going to hold you off there um, so you, you would agree with me when I started this by saying that, hey, the, the less management, probably the better. And yes. that's, that's the curse of retirement, isn't it? That you yes, have it time is. to overemphasize. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. 
Um, I'm going to throw it back to Raj because I know he wanted to ask some questions about the, uh, I think it was the Golden Monkey article, right? I did. So I, I just read it this morning. Um, and just so I can understand, uh, it, it, the Sewer Hawks and the Dudes are tied for first. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. And then after that, it's Jamie, right? Yes. And but but I now have journalistic immunity. Remember that. <laughs> uh, and then the, the and then the Rebs and then the Ducks. Okay, so um, real quick, so is it is it arbitrary the points that you assign, or is it one point per offense? Let's just say. Usually one point per offense. One it's, point uh, per offense. Okay. It depends. It depends on the severity of it. Sometimes it's. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it's a two-porter, and I do take <laughs> points away sometimes. Yes. Um, okay. Because you know of nice things that people do, so yeah, uh, it, it 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 varies. So yeah. All right. So you, someone who is has a lot of points, could dig out by being like complimentary to the bulls, or. <laughs> yeah, but like, you don't want to be too over complimentary no. because then I take it as uh, trying to get on my good side rather right. than being honest. <laughs> Right, like a sincere compliment. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, hey Bob, I, I yeah. just wanted to mention this isn't over overly complimentary, but in the NFBC, you're in fourth place of a 12-team league, and uh, I don't know if you can make it into the money, which is the top two, but you've been there all year. Yes. Yes, I have. And uh, I don't know if I can make it into the top two or not. That's That's going to be pretty tough. Because those guys got a pretty, especially the guy in first place, got a huge lead on us. Yeah, that grass bastard. We're going to get him next. <laughs> That's the same guy you said won last year, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right. I got to look at his technique. So, hey, Bob, real quick, uh, what Jamie just did. You know, there's not much difference between flattery and gossip. And- <laughs> <laughs> Right. Hey, Bob, have a good, uh, have, have a good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lottery is, is something you'll say to somebody's face but won't say behind their back. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep that in mind. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we covered everything with you. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, get back there and look on the fab. Uh, make sure you're, you're set for this Saturday. I got one dollar left. There you go. <laughs> Get back to your babysitting duties. I will. Oh, you you babysit? Yeah, my granddaughter. Yeah. I get I babysit her Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursday afternoons. Okay. All right. Excellent. What, what, what are you? Are you covering like uh, offensive strategy, defensive football strategy, things like that? <laughs> yeah, we're just learning how to catch the football right now. Okay. So it's, uh, you're not you're not teaching her the forty six defense or the flex defense. Yet. <laughs> not yet, not okay. yet. I got to get her down to the basics first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I right. mean, she's only seven months old, so you know. You're not watching film. All right. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we do watch baseball together, though. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll check back in when she's two, and see how. You're okay. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. When you're exhausted. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you coming on, and have a good rest of the week. You too. All right. Take Thanks, care. Bob. All right. Bye. Okay, that was uh, that was good, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but 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 both of them, and and you understand in terms of the trials and tribulations of the season. And I think Bob was right on when he said he kind of panicked early. But I I know that feeling, and I also know the feeling of having a lot of time to analyze this stuff. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're not we're not gonna do that next year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, isn't it funny the promises you make yourself uh, to yourself in September uh, completely go out the window um, when it turns to March? Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the transactions. Still fairly busy, nine players, six owners. Um, we had a couple, well, we'll get into it. Uh, we'll start with the Bulls, of course. Uh, Manuel Rodriguez, uh, relief pitcher for the Cubs. He drops Ryan uh, Feltner. Know anything about Manuel? Nope, I've never heard of him before. Okie doke. Uh, Bulls also pick up David Boat, Bodie, or however you Okay, Bodie, yep. Uh, drops Peyton uh, Burdick, so uh, David Bote's back in the league, and I think that was all for the Bulls. Yeah. yeah all right. Sewerhawks pick up Nick Maton, drop Blake Trotten, who's on the IL again. That seems to be a norm for this guy. Um, picks him up for a buck. I think that was the only Sewerhawk. It was. Addition. Dudes pick up uh, Omar Narvarez. Catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, he drops Edmundo Sosa, who's out for the year now, which that's kind of a shame. Um, I think that was the dude's only pickup as well. You picked up, how do you say this guy's name? Groshans? Groshans. Groshans. Jordan Groshans, yeah. uh, shortstop for the uh, Marlins. He Is he getting some playing time? Yeah, he's going to play mostly uh, third base uh, from here on out. So they, they want to get him some runs, so. Right. You know, it's just trying to find the right person right now. Yep, drop Lewin Diaz. Uh, Bearcats pick up Ryan Nelson, who uh, starting pitcher for the Arizona, but looks like he just got hurt. He's out to the 23rd of September. All right, that's the end of the weekend. That's our first $2 player. He drops Michael Gibbons. Um, Gibbons was Gibbons a retention was, um, was I can't catcher? remember. He may have been. Remember, he went on that uh, that closer scare yeah, early on, I so th- he may have been a retention. Yeah, I wondered if Trinan was as well. Uh, I'll have to look. Um, Bearcats also pick up his man, Zach Davies, for two bucks. Zach Davies, yep. yep. Drop uh, Justin Dunn, and we round out with the stat man, Dre Jameson. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Bear, Bearcats, one more. He oh, picked yeah. up Alan Trejo. Trejo, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, he dropped Derek Hall. Okay. All right. Um, and the stat man pick up Dre Jameson, the starting pitcher for Arizona, the other $2 player, um, who had a, who had a uh, pretty good first outing. So when I, look at, uh, when I look at Fab, everybody's down to a dollar or two, except for uh, the Rebs have $9 and the Ducks have 45 And we're, we're going to talk to him about that when uh, we bring him on in terms of what, what his – the season strategy was because he still has half of his fab dollars left. Yeah, uh, he he's got to know he can't cash those in for for real dollars. They don't carry over. No, no, no carry over. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, moving into the uh, period stats, uh, Lakers have a big week at seventy three and a half. Uh, pretty good offensive side, forty two and a half points. Uh, Bearcats have another strong week. Dudes have their normal. Bulls had a good week this week at 60. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Statman holding 
holding the serve pretty much. That's where he's at right now, 51 and a half. Rebs have a, have a good week for him. Sewerhawks have a real, real tough week on the offensive side, only 15 and a half points. Hey, hey can we talk about the Sewerhawks for a second? Are we going to get into the details of the team, or are we running out of time? Because no, I just want to say something no, we, about we that. No, we can. We, we can get in. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so go, go ahead, through because I want to talk about the Sewerhawks then. Yep. Ducks have a rough week on the pitching side at 16, uh, as did the Roosters at 17, and then you round out at, at 42 for the week. Um, yeah, let, let me just quickly go through the bottom half, and then you, you can hit whoever you want on the top. Um, we'll start with the Rebs. Uh, again, he, he had a pretty decent week. Uh, picked up this Garrett Mitchell. Uh, he, he had a, uh, you know, he hit 500 for him this week. Um, this guy, his whole, his whole reserve is either in the IL or the minors. I feel kind of bad for him. Uh, Kershaw come up with a win. And Kyle Gibson had a had a good outing for the for the week as well, but not much other than that going on. As far as my team, um, I had a pretty good week from O'Neill Cruz with the three homers and the and the seven RBIs. Uh, only hit 172, but pretty good counting numbers. Um, you know, just guys that, that start they're they're starting to lose at bats now. Um, Jan Gomes had a what's going on with what's going on with your pitching? There's not much going on there. Um, you, 36 innings and 26 strikeouts. Yeah. Just not nobody's pitching anymore. Well, no, they're all getting the starts. I just saw. I just had all of them had single starts this week. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I, I did get a win out of my one of my relievers. Um, and moving on to uh, the Bulls. Um, yeah, he had a pretty good week. A couple homers out of Trace Thompson, which is a nice, is nice. A couple homers out of Luke Voigt. Um, Luke Voigt had a pretty, pretty good week. He hit a uh, 421 this week. Um, on the pitching side, he had uh, Darvish pitched uh, lights out this week, man. Yeah, yeah he, he, a, he did number one player of the week. Yeah, he had two great outings. Gets a win from Adrian Sampson, Adam Wainwright, Carl Edwards, Chris Stratton. Um, nice side on the, uh, nice side on the pitching. Um, for the Bulls, Ducks, uh, not much going on offensively. He gets a couple homers out of Alonso, gets a couple homers out of Ronald Acuna, um, but not much else going on there. And I'm not sure what's going on with Marcelo Zuna. Um, he had six at-bats for him this week. Um, on the pitching side, hey, guess who won? Sandy Alcantara won again. Pitched hey, really get well. this, get this. He just, he just pitched his fifth complete game. Is that, uh, of the season, is of the season, right? not his career, of the season. Wow, oh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. this guy's a real deal. And MVP, uh, or excuse me, um, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, he's going to get some votes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All and right. then, hey, guess who else won uh, with ten strikeouts in eleven innings? Is Spencer Strider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know anything about this guy. I guess now everybody knows. And. I'm guessing that from a pitching standpoint, that the Ducks actually have the Cy Young Award winner and the Rookie of the Year. He possibly could, yes. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, we'll close out with the Statman. Uh, pretty decent week. Like I said, he hit mid, uh, low 50s, and that's where I think he's in his standings. Um, decent week out of Brian Reynolds. He knocked two out, got three ribs. Uh, got a couple stolen bases from a few people. Um 
Julio Urias, I I saw some of this game that he won. His uh his he pitched really well in his outing. Uh, and to, he gets another win out of Tuan Walker. Uh, Jacob Degrom got touched up a little bit this week. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The, those players that you mentioned right there, it's going to be interesting come playoff time because uh, the National League's playoff, um, Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Braves, they, they, it, it looks a lot, lot more interesting than, than the American League playoffs. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I say DeGrom got touched up a little week this week. He had a 491 ERA, but he had a .82 whip with 23 Ks on <laughs> 11 innings. Um, and my man O'Neill had two hits off of him. He hit a double off the wall and a homer. And they struck out twice. There you go. So he struck out twice and, and uh, got two knocks off of him. Um, and then he had that Jameson, who is not up yet, but he had a really good outing. First first outing, seven uh, seven innings, five Ks, got the win. He only had one walk. Um, yeah, he, 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 that was a nice little pickup. All right, what do you got for the top half? Yeah, I'm going to spin through here. Bearcats, here's what was surprising, is that they led the league in runs, only 29. So I don't know if offense was, was down this, this particular week. Um, here's something that's strange that you probably didn't know. Um, guess who led the league in saves this week? Uh, Tom? Yeah, yeah, he did. Daniel Bard uh, had, had three of the four for, for, for the Bearcats. Um, Big week um, by, by him in that category. And he just performed really well the second half. I'd like to take a look. If I had the ability to measure second-half stats, uh, I, I'll bet you that his team is top three in, in the second half. Okay, yeah. Um, mo- moving to, to my team, how abysmal was this? Um, one stolen base, uh, five-something was my OPS, 616 OPS, bad on the offensive side. Um, although I only had one less run than than, than Tom, who led the league, um, I actually had four saves as well. Finnegan and Hader decided to to pitch well um, this week. Um, only two wins and had the league's worst ERA and 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 WHIP this week. Um, jumping to the Seahawks, who I really wanted to talk about, um, really bad offensive week. His his OPS. Get this for the week was 485. Yeah, I saw that. And when I started to look at this, he had four players that went a collective 0 for 52. Uh, Christopher Morell, uh, Brendan Rogers, Alex Thomas, and Josh Rojas went 0 for 52. That will kill your, your season. And if I throw in Stone Garrett and Matt Olson into that, collectively, the six of them, one, two, three, four, five, six, went... Three, four, for ninety. Oh, this man. week. Yeah. Oh, Talk about being inopportune uh, when you're trying to compete for another title. Uh, yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Um, Lakers. Lakers had a really good offensive week. Led the league in home runs with twelve and RBI with thirty-eight. Real Muto had three home runs. Juan Soto. Um, Remember that guy? Got yeah. traded three times this year yeah. in, in the league. Six RBI. He had a league-leading he, uh, Lakers, uh, 751 OPS. He had four pitchers that didn't give up an earned run this week. Um, let's see. Musgrove, May, Anderson, and Evan Phillips pitched the combined 21 innings without giving up a earned run and three wins. So that will go pretty far. Jordan Montgomery, 15 strikeouts. 
um, Lakers are putting on a nice late season push um, to try and win this thing. And then we'll go to the league leading dudes this week. Um, Willie Adamas, um, who he picked up in a trade with the, um, um, with the Bulls, nine RBI uh, this week. And he had eight stolen bases. Um, his team had eight stolen bases um, with, I guess he had seven players with a total of uh, eight stolen bases. So I, I think it's going to be a, again, it's a, you know, here's stating the obvious, a three-team race. But let me ask you, since you asked um, Sam and Bob, who do you think is going to win this thing? Yeah. Um, uh, wow, big hesitation there. Yeah, I, I, I still, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think the Lakers and the Hawks have a path to it. The, the only one that hasn't been in first place out of these guys, other than when I took that screenshot like midweek last week, where they were all at seventy-five and a half. Remember when I sent that to you guys? Yes. The Lakers are the only ones that haven't finished the week in first out of, out of these three. Like the Sewer Hawks have, the Dudes have, obviously. I, the Hawks and the Lakers have a path. They, they have a path that it's really I, – I don't know, Jamie. I, at this point, I don't know. Um, I, I'd, like, well, I'd like to ask Bill what like the probability of all three tying. Like I'm wondering if he – like he, he's not working. Right, he's retired. Uh, Bill, if you're uh, kind of, sorta, kind of, sorta, right? Yeah, Bill, if you're listening, see if you can come up with a, like a, a number for us to to say what what are the chances of these guys tying? Because they have tied at one point during the you know last week they were all tied. Uh, yeah, that would be just, that would yeah, be kind of recently. Yeah, and what would be the betting odds on that? Because I, I would throw a couple bucks on that. Um, I, who do you think? Um, you know I didn't give you an answer. Hold, hold on. I didn't give you an answer. I think the Lakers. Are no, you did. I think the Lakers are going to win this thing. Okay, yeah. and I, I, I think that I think the dudes are going to hold, hold him off until the end. Um, I, I think it's going to be nip and tuck all the way till that last Wednesday of the season. I think we could have a repeat of the year that Bill and um, Tom tied. Um, but interestingly enough, if it's you know, seasons used to end on a Sunday, so you could watch all the games would start at three o'clock. Yeah, um, I, I've got a research to see that last Wednesday. Um, I think it's October fifth. I, I would imagine that all the games would start at the same time. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to come down to the last couple of days, as you've been saying since about the All Star break. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. All right. Um... Go ahead and talk about text talk. I got to step away real quick. And then yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll okay. Yeah, so uh, thanks to everybody um, last week for uh, calling us out for for missing a podcast. Um, when when uh, the chief comes back, I'm going to ask him about that because I think that he had a technical glitch last week and we didn't um, we we didn't uh, have the podcast, but. Uh, couple of the responses regarding uh, no podcast. Uh, I love Rick's said, that's bullshit, not having one. And yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, this is all we do now, and we should be able to, to commit. Um, Bob Kirk saying, you guys need to pick it up. You're being paid way too much for skipping weeks, and that's entirely true. 
And I, I like Bills because I am probably would be the same way, is that he stopped listening once his team was in the bottom half. So um, appreciate all the, the backhanded compliments there, meaning that you guys actually listen to the podcast. Yeah, and, uh, backhanded we, compliments. We, 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 yeah, we, yeah, we appreciate that. Did you want to talk about the uh, technical issues that you had, or will we skip over that? Well, the, uh, the technical issue is I forgot my computer, and then I just was like, you know what? I'm on vacation. I'm not going to do it. So, so, <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you guys can direct your comments there. Hey, one one other thing I skipped over here in the text talk, that on September 7th, yeah. um, Bob, Bob Kirk sent a uh, tongue-in-cheek text. I know he was kidding here. That he questioned, is the party over? He said the party's over and sent to Don Meredith, uh, the party's over. So um, maybe a little bit quick, but it's always good to get that fodder started. And, you know, he's in a position where he won last year. So what does he have to lose by saying that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's right? always good. It's always good to have an owner throw that out there, right? Draw the line in the sand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think of the owners that really do that. I, I, I want to say that the, the two that will talk smack the most will be me and him. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, and I got nothing to say now. Yeah, but you can still talk smack, though. You, you said it. <laughs> you texted to me earlier this week. What was that? When you said if I had more time, I'd beat all these guys. Yeah, I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> all I need is like four more months. That's it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to baseball news. Albert Pujols hits a 698th. Remember, it, it was just, what, two short months ago, you asked me, does he have any shot at 700? And I said, absolutely not. Boy, once again, I look really bad. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this when we walk off. Uh, Wainwright, okay. Rain, Wainwright and Molina set the Major League uh, record for most uh, starts together at 325. Can, all right, so imagine this. In this day and age, that's uh, if you even have – um, a, a five-man rotation, which it might be the sixth. That's 33 starts a year. That means the same pitcher and catcher are together for 10 years, and the pitcher starting every game, the catcher starting every game. That's it's just I don't know. It's amazing, isn't it? So, what do you think is more difficult, the catcher to last that long, or the pitcher to last that long on that team? <sighs> That's a great question. I'm going to say probably catching. Because if you have a good pitcher, um, they're more likely to stay with a team. Catching is just so physically tough. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be the catching piece of it. Okay, and and I and it's not so much of playing; it's actually playing on that same team. That that's what makes it more amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and these are and these are two players of these will you know of of a different age, uh, if you will. You know, yeah. Molina. Yeah was playing 140, 150 games a, a year. You know, no catchers do that. If Most catchers, if they play if, if behind the plate, 120 games, that's probably a lot. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And then, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of strange how um, a guy like Wainwright, who was, who was actually starting, you know, we kind of we we kind of brought up to Bob Freeze when he retained him a couple years ago. You're like, hey, that's kind of surprising, and then he's had two good seasons since then. 
Yeah. Yeah, that? and un- unfortunately for him, the Cardinals never seem to score enough because he- he's trying to get to 200 wins. Um, he-, he won't say that publicly, but I, I think for a lot of um, Hall of Fame voters, they'd like to see that 200. I-, I-, I think he probably falls short of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but it would nice to be nice to see him get that. Yeah, and then your guy Zach Gallen, man, he is on a streak. Oh, how the turntables have turned. Yes. <laughs> so Keep talking smack on him. I, I did and, talk uh, yeah. I didn't. I just said I thought his whip was a little – I didn't think he – I didn't think his whip was going to stay under one all year. That's all I said. All right. That's, that's all I said. <laughs> See, yeah, this is what – like, this is what's wrong with, like, arbitration. Right, like I, I would as a as a executive for the Diamondbacks, I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good. I I'm I'm not saying he's not good. And then, it's, it's inevitably the players are going to get their feelings hurt. That's that's what's wrong with arbitration. But twelve and three on a a so-so uh, yeah. Diamondbacks team, two point five two ERA and a zero point nine two WHIP. Zero point nine two. I guess he is going to stay below. Mm. Yeah. Hey, uh, just real quick, going back to the Wainwright Molina. Do you know what whose record they broke? Yeah, it was um, Mickey Lolich and uh, Bill Freehan. Okay. Of uh, the Tigers. All right. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So yeah, number one, you got to have a ton of starts on the same team. I and I was I, I was wondering if Carlton was up there at some point, but Carlton McCarver. Type of thing? No, yeah, I think he, I, yeah, that's a problem. He would pitch to McCarver, and um, McCarver didn't play long enough with him, I don't think. Yeah. Um, okay, just real quick, moving on to some rule changes. Are you, we're pretty sure these are enacted or agreed upon or whatever? Uh, so, so we're talking MLB rule changes here because we're going to have some probably rule change discussions for, for the Bush League. But I'm pretty sure, I think there's, I think there's a nine-man committee, executive committee, that, that votes on these. Um, one, uh, one umpire, three player reps, and five owners. So basically, the owners can push through anything they want. So I'm pretty sure that these are going to be rule changes that are going to be enacted in the 23 season. Okay. And that would be the uh, pitch clock at 15 and 20 seconds, bases empty, runners on base respectively. Uh, shift limits, which I'm not sure exactly what that means. Like I know what it means, but I, I don't I don't know what the definition is yet. And then the larger bases. I don't understand the larger bases thing, but uh, um, I, I, I think the larger bases, whether it's in a couple inches there, I, I think that's also to help with uh, number one safety and number two um, trying to get stolen bases back into the game. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you think about these rules? Let's let's talk about these real quick. What do you think about the pitch timer? I'm not a like fan. it or don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Um, okay. The shift limits, I'm not a fan of. I just think people need to adjust um, their hitting style. I think with good hitters, you, you don't get shifted on as much. Good average hitters, that's what I meant. Like guys like Tony Gwynn, no one's shifting with that guy. You might you might correct. You might favor in the outfield, right? Because some guys hit the ball in the air a, c- a certain way. But, you know, the infielders, 
Yeah, with good hitters, you know, you, you're you're not being shifted. They, they, yeah, they're, they're not pulling everybody to the to the right side. And I, I think hitters are getting a little better at that. Um, yeah, and so I'm not sure about the bigger bases. I I, I imagine it's going to uh, like all the close plays at first base. If you have a larger base, you're a couple inches closer to the baseball being thrown at you. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, let me let me run through real quick where I stand uh, on, on these pitch timer. Uh, absolutely love it. Can't wait to see game move on. I, I'd love to see games at two forty, two two hundred, uh, two hours and thirty minutes somewhere there. Shift limits, hate it uh, for the reasons you stated, and bigger bases. I'm indifferent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we we agree on the on the shift limits and the bigger bases. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I do have a couple twib notes brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. All right, Jamie, I had a pumpkin ale from Dogfish Head. Yeah, yeah, and? And? Uh, ABV at 7%. Beer Advocate has it at 88 And Rooster Towns is a 90-plus. I, I thought this I, thing was outstanding. A 90-plus? Yes. Wow. Yes, I thought it was outstanding. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about it. Not too much pumpkin spice? Not what, too what, much pumpkin what, what did spice. you like? Because you were hesitant. Uh, I, it had a good color to it, and I, I, I smelled it first because, you know, we talked like I, I don't like pumpkin. I just I don't like anything about it. Yeah. Um, took my first sip, and I was completely shocked. It was. It's an outstanding beer. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That is excellent. Yeah. So, Glad to hear that. Uh, as I mentioned to you while I was I was texting you while I, while I was trying the flight, and uh, uh, I'd like to hire you as my new life coach. <laughs> Beer life coach. Beer life coach, yes. Yep. Uh, and I did have another stout. I had the Wake Up Worldwide stout, again, from Dogfish Head. It's 17% on the ABB side. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I think I texted you. I said, be careful. Um, what I should have said is that, hey, you're punching above your weight class on that one. <laughs> uh, it, it was good. I, I, I like the coffee taste to it, um, but it was it was not something I could drink a whole. I, I didn't finish my my flight glass, but it, it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Really? Yeah. In, in the flight glass? Because those are four ounces, right? Yeah, I probably drank two ounces of it. Yeah. All right. What, what else did you have in the flight? Uh, I had a truth serum. Yes. Okay. Which was I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really yeah. good beer. Um, and then I had, I, I have to look up the text, man. Hang on. Um, okay. Yeah. While you're looking that up, you know, almost anything that you get from Dogfish Head is is going to be really good. There, there's very few uh, of their beers that I've had that that have been just eh, so so, and they're always constantly rotating and experimenting. So. One of the things I like about them. I had a covered with covered with nugs. I don't think I've ever had that. It's a little fruitier. Okay. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, it, I finished it, but yeah, it, it wasn't something I would. Uh, right. It, it was. It hey. was light. Yeah. It was. It was okay. But the truth serum, I really liked. Yeah, I thought that. That's was what cool. plates are for, right? Try different ones. Mm-hmm. And then Bill talked about this. Schlafly. Schlafly Pumpkin Ale 93. Who makes that? Do you know offhand? Uh, that, that's the name of the company, Schlafly, and they're okay. from um, they're, they're a microbrewer in St. Louis, right in the backyard oh. of uh, Anheuser-Busch. Okay. All right. So if I run into that, I'll, I'll, I'll 
I'll grab it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, again, I would caution you, pumpkin beers are, are all over the place. Um, and, you know, kind of to paraphrase Todd Rundgren, um, you know, now that we're through with you, I need to get one too. Pumpkin ale. Oh, I thought you were just going to say, I don't want to work. Oh, I just want to bang on the drum all day. <laughs> Um, there you go. So we did have a podcast follow-up. It was 2019 where the three teams, with the three-team race with the Statman uh, blowing in at the very end to beat the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. And the Sewerhawks and, and finished in third. Um, and now, we just want to let Bob know that that's just history. That's not yes. a slam at him. No, it's just history. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. What are you walking off with? All right, so um, as, as the Chief has talked about, if you haven't seen it on the website, go out and take a look at the Golden Monkey standings for, for August. Um, I forgot to ask Bob this, um, but I believe the last um, Golden Monkey standings won't come out until after um, the season is over, and possibly he may not reveal it until a championship party. So stay tuned for that. And then... In terms of the championship party, um, we're looking for a host slash planner for the championship party. So if anybody wants to pick up, uh, pick that up and, and run with it, um, we would be grateful um, if you did that. So um, what are you walking off with? Well, hold on. I, I forgot to ask Bob, and maybe you don't know this, but do the monkey points continue up until the champion or the championship party or the winter like when's the cutoff for this thing well if bob if you could text us and let us know yeah. um if, if i were him i'd want to continue it just just to make sure people don't unload you know once the uh, official standings are over so and then next year whoever wins the award um will uh will pick up that mantle and it looks like you know we could have a double winner because both bob kirk and Josh are in the lead, and they could also win the league. So it'd yeah. be interesting. All right. Um, and I guess we could have a tie. Hopefully, Bob, don't don't get a tie because I don't want to buy another one of these things. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm walking off with Albert. What are you walking off with? Yeah, Albert Pujols uh, at 6.98. I think it was mid-August where we talked about. Yeah, I don't think he has a shot because I think he was 15 homers away, and we were both thinking, yeah, it's just not going to happen for him, you know. Um, but at 698, uh, I I think he's going to do this. And uh, let me just throw some numbers here for you. Uh, he he got to over 2,200 RBIs, which we talked about a couple weeks ago that we thought he'd go ahead and you know we he thought we'd pass that. So 2,200 RBIs in the big scheme of things, um, you're talking about three players. You're talking about Aaron and Ruth. So he's wow. Yeah, he he's 11 behind Ruth, and I would love to see Pulhos just go nuts for 10 days. I, I you know I'm gonna say this on air, but I don't think he'll pass Ruth. But I didn't think he'd get the 698 either. Um, hey, hey, get get this. One of the things that uh, uh, Ali Mormol, Cardinal manager, did um, was it on Saturday? Actually, batted him second to possibly get him another at bat. Uh, so did he really? I, I, I would think you're going to see you're going to see him playing pretty much every day, getting every, excuse me every day at bats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Toward the end, because everybody wants to see it. 
And the Cardinals are up by, what, seven, eight games over the uh, the Brewers at this point, so they can afford to do that. Yeah, and you have those six games with the Pirates at the end that we talked about. He's probably going to start four of those things, right? Um, I would, yep. Yeah. And then, um, you know, on the home runs, he's fourth home runs uh, behind Bonds, Aaron, and Ruth. Um, it, it's just amazing what the guy's done in the last six weeks. Uh, and I, I – I can't wait until five years because if someone does not vote for this guy, it's absolutely crazy. And even at 42 with, you know, the last five years, it has been a struggle. Every Well, not really. He hit 305 in 2019. Um, but he, and he's, or not, he, he had an on-base percentage 305, sorry. Um, it's been 2016. It, it's, then 2014 since he's hit the 270. So um, he's still at a 296 career average, which is really, really amazing. Uh, the Unfortunately, the only thing he does lead in all time in baseball, do you know what category he does lead in? Uh, grinding into double plays. Yes, grinding, <laughs> grinding into <laughs> double plays, which uh, uh, I, I, I think Reggie Jackson may be up there as well. Um, so that, that's not bad company to hold that you, you lead major leagues in all time and grounding double plays, but, uh, it, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see in five years if there's one person that does not vote for this guy. And I, I, I'm sure there will be, and I'll be astonished at, you know, speaking, speaking of in five years, Bill and I already have, uh, uh, tentative, um, reservations to, to go see him and hopefully Molina inducted into the hall of fame up in Cooperstown. All right. Um, and hopefully, and, and the last thing about that is hopefully my Pujols jersey will still fit me at that time. Okay. Well, it should, right? Usually yeah, it should. You, you'd like to think. Yeah, i buy an extra size larger, so we should yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would, that would be, uh, be kind of cool. And I guess uh, it, 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 there's no way Wainwright gets in the first ballot, even if he retired this year. So you couldn't kind of try to Correct, him. yep. Yeah. And uh, – I, I, who else is retiring? Do you know who's retiring? Is anybody else significant? Uh, you know what? Maybe we can have that for next time. I don't know because a lot of times these a lot of the players don't don't state this um, ahead of time. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's choosing to retire, which I guess ten percent of people go out, and then there's ninety percent that you know you're you're forced into retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you mean because you can't find a job, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, so we're back on <clears throat> next week with uh, Tom and Bill. Yes, we have them on next Monday. And then um, in October, we'll talk about uh, the remainder of the teams, and we'll get to them. But it um, looks like we have, what, three more three more weeks, two more weeks uh, of baseball. So it's going to be a good, good race All right, buddy. Um, down, down the stretch. Enjoy. Take care, Chief. All right, see you.